You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. Welcome to episode 45 of the Voice Junkie podcast. I'm Chuck West. Thank you for tuning in. Obviously, you can holler at me at patreon.com slash chuckwestworld. Of course, I had to get that plug in because, you know, you got to support independent media. I mean, it's it's imperative in today's time to support independent media. But anyway, this episode, I just wanted to touch on, you know, the effects of COVID-19 and, you know, the entertainment business, uh, mainly in regards to the movie theater business. The movie theater business is being hammered right now. It's an old form of entertainment that may end up being swallowed up by this whole thing because of the trust levels that people have at the moment. I read this article in Variety that had me thinking that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, It said that majority of people really don't really want to go back to the movie theater once things get up and running again. You know, in, in, in the study, let me just read this uh, headline to you. So it says, study shows that 70% of consumers would rather watch new movies at home. A new consumer survey reveals deepening dread over public venues and some surprising changes in popular taste. So, you know, they ran this study, this uh, group ran this study, and they asked a 1,000 people this question. This question uh, the question says, if costs are roughly the same, would you prefer to see a first run movie uh, you're excited about as a digital rental at home or in a, rent, a, a movie theater if both were available at the same time? So 70% of those people responded by saying they're more likely to watch at home. So this is a trend that has been happening before the epidemic happened. The pandemic, excuse me. This has been a trend ongoing for years. It's no different than the cable business. The cable subscriptions are going down. People are watching less television. Uh, they're watching more on-demand uh, entertainment at the moment. And this is not no different far as the uh, movie business. You know, people aren't really, you know, people are getting tired of going out and spending you know, money on pricey movie tickets and pricey concession stands, uh, foods and things of that nature. They're just saying, man, listen, if you can give me the goddamn movie and let me watch it at home, give me the option at least to watch it at home. I would prefer to watch it at home. So a lot of these people, 70% of the people that responded to the survey said they would rather watch the first run movie at home. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Movie theaters are cool because you can get out and about with your family and, you know, just step away from home. But I think the movie business or the movie theater business is just has a lot more negatives than positives. You know, you, you go out, you're just agitated by people constantly. It, you know, it's hard to get a ticket sometimes because you got to deal with people. Uh, one line that, you know, buy your ticket in one line. Well, for me, I, I go to AMC, so I just... I always go to the um, self-checkout, you know, the machines that print out the tickets. But, you know, you, you got these really, really high-priced merchandise over there. I mean, the food is so goddamn expensive. You got to deal with that. Well, all right, we, we deal with that. We know we go in there. We know we got to spend a ton of money on popcorn. We get that. 
But the most annoying part about the movie theaters is dealing with annoying ass people. Let's face it. People are fucking annoying. They just are. They are really annoying. And when you go out in a public place like a movie theater, you have to deal with people you just don't, you would never deal with in your normal life, day-to-day life. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They just rather deal with their own people at home and watch in the confines of their own living room on their own TV. And this survey is indicative of what the mindset is and what the mindset has bec- has started to trend to over the past couple of years. So this COVID-19 thing just pushed it over the ledge. It just basically said, okay, now we have a legit reason to stay home. We didn't want to really go to the movie theater in the first place, but now with this pandemic, it makes the decision a lot more easier. And this is a huge, huge, huge problem for the movie theater business because, you know, they're standard, it's like an old brick and mortar business that hasn't caught up with modern times. It hasn't caught up to the 21st century as of yet. There's no reason why the AMCs of the worlds and, you know, all the other big theaters of, of, the, of the world hasn't come up with a simpler way for people to consume the new movies that they release there's no reason for it like it kind of reminds me of blockbuster in a way where blockbuster was the top dog for years when it came to movie rentals you know they they were the top dogs but the problem was they rested on their laurels and they allowed new technology to come and overtake them when in reality blockbuster should have seen the writing on the wall and they should have prepared themselves for the eventual technology revolution that came um, after them. They should have been Netflix first before Netflix. And the fact that they stuck to traditional media, uh, you know, your traditional physical, you know, DVDs and VHS and all of those things. They the fact that they never really thought like, hey, you know what, if we can bundle this stuff up and package all this in in a digital form, as the internet grows over the years and the Googles of the world and all of these big mega technology companies start to get bigger and, and take hold in our society, they didn't think about it. They just said, hey, you know what? We're the king of the mountain right now of this physical media. So we're going to just keep doing this. Uh-uh. It didn't work at all. What happened was They were buried because Netflix came out, Redbox came out, and all these other streaming networks came out and inevitably buried Blockbuster. Same thing is going to happen to AMC. You know, there's already discussions about Amazon swooping in and buying up AMC. You know, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world, so if he wanted AMC, he can have AMC. So I would not at all be surprised if that were to happen, but the question is, you know, why even bother you know let these you know it's it's too much of an expense to have these places you know there's going to be huge consolidation there's going to be a lot of theaters that are going to shut down and it's just going to be one show in town whether that be amc or regal or whatever other or sinopolis or what whatever other uh major theater organization it's not going to matter because eventually these guys are going to all fade away so you know, it, it, it makes me wonder what's the next move and what is, you know, the mindset in those boardrooms when they know the inevitable is going to happen. 
you got new streaming services seemingly coming out by the month now. On the 27th, there's going to be a new streaming service provider coming out, and that's going to be, and it's called HBO Max. So HBO Max is just an upgraded version of HBO. That's going to be coming out May 27th. There's a lot of expectations on the part of AT&T who owns Time Warner. They own HBO. They own, you know, that whole branch of media. And they have billions of dollars tied into the streaming platform. So they're going to go all the way. They're going to go balls to the wall to make sure this thing succeeds. So when you have more of these companies coming out, uh, like NBC, Comcast, they got Peacock. Their streaming service is going to come out to the public in July. It's out now for Comcast customers only, but the the you know majority of everybody else will be able to get a hold of it in July. So you got all of these companies coming out. You got Viacom, CBS who teamed up together and that they're going to revamp the CBS All Access app in the midsummer as well. So there's just so much competition for these these, you know, old tired media companies or entertainment uh places like the movie theaters there's just they're just getting they're getting shut out pretty soon so it's just going to be really interesting to see how all of this stuff plays out we're going to get to the point where we're going to have so much to decide from we're going to have so many platforms that we're going to be paying for just as this is the golden age of television technology has completely taken over to the point that we may possibly be living in a world very soon where there is no movie theaters in existence and if there is a movie theater it's a niche movie theater it's a smaller theater like it used to be back in the days uh drive-through movie theaters you may see a lot more of those this survey is proof of that this survey shows that people are ready to move on from the movie theaters and to be honest as a futurist and as a technology fan myself, I am definitely ready for that future. Now to another topic. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott and their ongoing contract dispute that's pissing me off as a Cowboys fan. You know, I've been listening and reading every single tweet reading every single article, speculating about what Dak Prescott and his camp, his uh, agent Todd Francis want from the Cowboys, what they expect uh, before they put their, uh, put, before Dak puts his name down on the contract. So there's so much speculation as to what he actually wants, what he's looking for, how many years he wants, how much of a signing bonus he wants as far as guaranteed money. No one actually knows what the hell is going on. First of all, let's get that off the table, all right? Second of all, this is the thing I don't like about professional sports and how athletes are depicted when organizations don't get their way. So what you have here now is a, an organization in the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones and company, trying to crap on the name of Dak Prescott, basically. They're just crapping on him. They're going to put out and leak these little things just so the fans can turn on them. And But in reality, look, they just did the CBA deal. It's a brand new deal on the table. There's new money coming in, new television money, new everything, right? So Dak is like, look, man, I want a short-term deal. I want to be able to capitalize 
it while I'm in my prime, while I'm in my mid twenties. And when I finish my first deal and I'm in my uh, early thirties, I want to get another big contract. Why wouldn't that's just smart business. He don't want to sign a five year contract so he can get less money. Why would you do that? It's just not smart business. So what I don't like about professional teams is that they are very good at villainizing the athlete for doing good business and trying to get paid. It's not right. But when it comes to them, short players and pay them less, it's a whole nother story. They get pass after pass after pass because fans aren't privy to how these numbers really work out as far as the contracts are concerned. They don't understand guaranteed money. They don't understand, uh, you know, the nuances of these contracts. So when you put out a big number, they just say, oh, my God, this guy is tripping. He wants X, Y, Z amount of money, but they don't really understand the intricacies of the contracts. They don't really understand what, you know, like I said, the signing bonuses are, the guarantees are. They don't understand any of those things. So my whole stance is with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys is this. The Dallas Cowboys have four seasons to sign Dak Prescott. They had him on a really cheap rookie deal when he came into the league. They didn't expect him to be as successful as he was. That's what the reality is. You know, they gambled. They gambled against Dak Prescott with the belief that he would fall on his face and they can offer him less money. And it didn't work. So now we're in this impasse where both sides are at this table and nobody's budging. That's the Cowboys' fault. That's Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and all of you know all the Joneses. That's all of their faults. They should have wrapped up Dak Prescott two seasons ago. So the fact that Jerry and company waited this long to pay Dak or offer Dak a reasonable contract, I have the keyword reasonable, is ridiculous. It's bad business. It's bad business. Like what people don't understand is that Dak Prescott played out his full contract. There's no more years on his contract. He served his contract. He didn't hold out. He didn't cry for more money when he was on his rookie deal. He said, okay, Jerry, if you're not going to extend me, then I'll play out my rookie contract. I'll bet on myself and I'll win. And that's what he did. He bet on himself and he won. So he is in every way entitled to asking for the money he deserves. He is. Now, there's new money coming. And there's all of these things coming, all these revenue streams that are coming in with this new deal that the NFL struck with the Players Association. So, you know, this 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 uh, BS excuse of not having the money is exactly that. It's BS. You can make it work. You can make it work. If you believe in the guy, you'll make it work. If you don't believe in the guy, then you trade him. If you don't believe in Dak Prescott, trade him. That's what I say. If you don't believe in them, trade them. Problem solved. We move on and we try to figure out what we can do and how far we can go for the remainder of the season. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to trade him because they know that he's better than uh, than what they first thought. So this thing is getting out of hand. As a Cowboys fan, I just hope that they figure this thing out before it gets too far down the road. I'm just hoping that as a Cowboys fan, I'm just hoping that Jerry and company just figure it out. Get the deal done. 
that's all we have for this week of the Voice Junkie podcast. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in real quick and listening to some of the thoughts that I had at this week. As always, you can support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash Chuck Westworld. You can become a boss or you can become a believer. A believer is a dollar a month, a boss. Support it that way. If you can't support that way, that's fine. Just share the uh, podcast episodes or share the podcast itself and listen to past episodes with other people, friends and families of yours. And, you know, that'll help as well. You know, it doesn't always have to be about money. All right. So, of course, as always, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, I'll check y'all out later. All right, Voice Junkies. Peace.